Pizza. Pizza? Pizza. Hunger for some pizza now? Yeah, that's what we thought. Get yours at Domino's Hawaii. We deliver aloha. This podcast is sponsored by Doctors of Waikiki, your local Hawaii Nissan dealers, and HMAA. This is Hawaii News Now, first at four. And first at four, another day for wet and windy first alert weather. We're going to give you a look outside very shortly. Now, a number of wind-related alerts, including a high wind warning, have been extended until at least tomorrow morning with the most gusty winds on the Big Island. On top of that, we have been tracking a wind advisory for all of the islands and periods of heavy rain passing over the state. Now, the blustery winds and slick conditions are keeping crews busy. High gusts took down a power line in Evilay this morning. This is a shot of crews at Pacific and Nimitz. And on the Pali Highway, Kailua-bound lanes briefly shut down this morning because of a downed tree just days after the Pali had to close due to a landslide. And this winter is bringing a little bit of everything. How about this shot? Snow on Mauna Kea, blizzard conditions anticipated on the Mauna through Friday. Malama Mauna Kea says it's been snowing at the visitor station for the first time in years. A full breakdown of the forecast. Let's begin with First Alert Chief Meteorologist Jennifer Robbins. Hey, Jen. Hey. Hey, Mark. We do have a number of alerts to talk about, all wind-related except the one on the summits. A winter weather advisory there, and you can see there in purple, that's a gale warning. All of us under a small craft advisory, and all of the islands on top of that under a high surf warning, and that's on east-facing shores, and then high wind warnings that we're seeing on Hawaii Island. So we're talking about sustained winds anywhere from 15 to 30 miles per hour, but it's the gusts that are powerful and a little bit more unpredictable predictable. As we take a closer look at the gusts within the last two hours, Port Allen nearly 40 miles per hour, Lihue 33, and over the windward side, we're seeing really strong gusts up to 40 miles per hour. Ko'olau Mountains 54 miles per hour, Molokai at 32, Lanai City at 40, and then West Maui Mountains 42. But Hawaii Island seeing the most gusty conditions clocking in above 53 miles per hour, so very gusty conditions that we're going to continue to see. And as we take a look at the big picture, we're also seeing fast moving showers and heavy at times. So slick roadways out there will definitely have to be careful. We will be seeing these gusty conditions at least through Thursday. I'll take a closer look at the rest of your first alert seven day forecast coming up shortly. Aloha and good afternoon. I guess one word that I would use for the commute today, sloppy, okay? So just a brief drive for me from the Punchbow area into this area in Waikamilo. Very sloppy conditions. I want to show you this going on right now, Moanalo Road and Halava. You can see the gridlock already occurring as the traffic begins to take that Pauhana time home. So I want to switch our cameras now to another vantage point here. This is H1 and Ka'amilo. It's not too bad, but it's not great because it is also at a standstill. Then let's go to the H2, H1 interchange here. You see it kind of opens up when you see the road uh, coming into town and going out of town to the Wa'anae area. That's kind of deceiving because it doesn't really show you. So let's go right into the Waikela area. It shows you that it is moving. First alert traffic on Hawaii News Now. Mahalo, Jonathan. The stormy weather is making it unsafe for salvage crews to return to Honolulu Bay to free a grounded luxury yacht. A salvage boat left Maui late Monday after rigging attached to the Nakoa failed. Another ship will return on either Friday or Saturday to try again. The Nakoa has no fuel or hazardous materials on board. 
after a successful defueling operation last weekend. On Kauai, the body of the man suspected of killing his father has been retrieved from Waimea Canyon. Search and rescue teams located 22-year-old Cody Gardner's body last week, but were unable to pull him out due to bad weather. He was found 500 feet down a steep cliff. Gardner was suspected of murdering his father, Delwood Gardner, with a spear gun last month in Lawaii. Family says Cody suffered from mental illness. A new facility in Evilay will soon offer medical treatment for people on the streets battling mental illness and substance abuse. Our Annalisa Burgos takes us inside. Officials say this is the state's first medical detox facility of its kind, providing 24-hour care for homeless residents and security for the health care workers who are helping them fight their addiction. Um, on this side, we're going to be doing our primary it was a packed house at the Institute for Human Services' new Imi Olapia Homeless Triage Center. Community leaders and advocates toured the facility today. Here, IHS doctors and nurses will be able to treat and stabilize up to eight homeless patients with psychiatric medication to reduce withdrawal symptoms and provide counseling and support services. The shelters will not take them because they have such critical issues. These are the individuals that are left behind. They're getting transported to jail or emergency rooms, and a lot of it's unnecessary because they haven't really committed any crimes. They're just not doing well. And they can come to a place like this and be safe, not only for themselves, but for others as well. Uh, we really need stabilization beds. We need detox. Connie Mitchell has been a hero in this. I'm really impressed with this facility. Patients will be referred by HPD and IHS outreach workers. Some have been in their shoes. As soon as I found out I was pregnant, um, I knew that I needed to change um, and that it was time to change. And so that's when I reached out for help. Cambria Vance overcame her own addiction and now helps others. She says the center fills a huge need. In the past, you know, we had a couple places we could call, rarely get through, and then there's a phone assessment and a call back. And, and when you're dealing with the homeless population, it can be challenging to find them again the next morning. It's almost a strike when the iron's hot, because when they're ready, we need to be ready. The detox center is expected to ease the burden on HPD and emergency rooms. Last year, the city estimates it helped about 300 people into permanent housing and treated more than a thousand people. So it's not the be-all end-all but it's an integral part of our fight against homelessness. IHS secured federal, state and city funding to offset the cost of acquiring and operating the site. But we're almost there so we're pretty confident that we'll be able to open sometime in April. Reporting in Ivale, Annalisa Burgos, Hawaii News Now. Annalisa, thank you. A teenager who was struck by a canoe in Waikiki more than 18 months ago is suing the paddlers who allegedly ran him over. Kai Kuning suffered a severe brain injury when he was hit in the head by a four-man canoe at Tong's surf break in Waikiki in 2021. His lawyers say the paddlers, which include developer Chris Flaherty and DHHL chair nominee Kali Watson, caused the accident by getting in the middle of the surf break where Kuning and others were surfing. Flaherty and Watson had no immediate comment. The search is over for escaped Laumaka furlough inmate David Keanu. A public safety spokesperson says the 43-year-old voluntarily returned to OCCC at around 9 last night. That was just an hour after an alert was issued about the search for him. Keanu was serving time for first-degree burglary. An added escape charge is now pending. Now to Greece, where the country is investigating its deadliest rail disaster in more than 50 years. A head-on crash last night between a passenger train and a freight train 
has now killed at least 38 people. Ian Lee has the story. It took just seconds to turn a long holiday weekend into a disaster. The passenger train packed with college students slammed head-on into a freight train late last night, sending cars flying off the tracks and at least three bursting into flames. This passenger says, we heard a big bang. It was 10 nightmare seconds. As we were turning over, we were burning. There was fire right and left. Throughout the night, rescue teams scoured the twisted and smoking wreckage for survivors and the dead. The force of the crash reportedly threw passengers out of windows, while some survivors smashed glass to escape. This man says he managed to get out by climbing through a hole in his carriage. Dozens were taken to nearby hospitals. Daylight revealed the scale of the carnage 230 miles north of Athens. The transport minister choked up as he promised to find out what went wrong. Hours later, he resigned, saying it was out of respect for people who died so unfairly. Authorities arrested the station master in charge of signals on the tracks and detained at least two more people for questioning. Ian Lee, CBS News. The fentanyl overdose crisis is front and center today on Capitol Hill as parents and activists use their voices to demand action. I'm Nicole D'Antonio with the concerns about drug smuggling and their message to Congress. And here's Howard with an early look at what he's working on. Hey, Howard. Mark, I've got labor news today. A contract ratified at Delta, a strike boat looming for longshore workers. Wall Street barely moved the needle today. The Dow up five points. The S&P and NASDAQ both fell. You're getting your news first at four. We'll be right back. Pizza. Pizza? Pizza. Hungry for some pizza now? Yeah, that's what we thought. Get yours at Domino's Hawaii. We deliver aloha. This is Hawaii News Now. Welcome back. Lawyers for the Boy Scouts of America have filed their response to a wrongful death lawsuit on the Big Island. Last August, 11-year-old Manuel Manny Carvalho died when an AK-47 accidentally went off at Camp Honokaia. His family has accused the Boy Scouts and its Aloha Council of failing to follow and enforce several required rules at the camp's gun range. But in new court filings, lawyers for both organizations say they're not liable and the acts done were beyond their control. Both sides have a hearing scheduled for next Friday. Emotional testimony today at a House hearing looking into the U.S. fentanyl crisis. But with Congress so sharply divided, lawmakers have yet to come to an agreement. Nicole D'Antonio has details from Capitol Hill. Congressional members listened intently as Erin Rockwell described the pain of losing her 19-year-old son Logan to a drug overdose. Losing Logan was like a bomb going off in the middle of our family that we had built our life around. This explosion killed our son and he killed Caden's brother. This bomb, this weapon is called fentanyl. Fentanyl has become the leading cause of death for Americans ages 18 to 45, according to the CDC. And most of the drugs enter the U.S. through the southern border. The cartels in Mexico have evolved quickly from drug cartels to transnational criminals to now terrorists like we've never seen ever. Al-Qaeda, ISIS, Hezbollah, they're not killing this amount of Americans. While politicians on both sides of the aisle agree there needs to be stronger policies to stem the flow of fentanyl into the U.S., the solutions have become very political. 
Republicans are using the crisis to say more needs to be done to strengthen the border. To ignore the smuggling that occurs between our ports of entry is simply irresponsible and dangerous. While Democrats say immigrants are not the problem. While it is true that a great deal of fentanyl comes into the United States from Mexico, it is overwhelmingly U.S. citizens, not migrants, who are bringing it in. But Aaron Rockwell had a message for both sides. United we stand, divided we fall. United we stand, divided we fall. Meanwhile, the CDC says more than 100,000 Americans die from opioid overdoses every year. Nicole D'Antonio, CBS News, Capitol Hill. Back here at home, longshoremen and port officials are struggling to conclude a new contract, but pilots at another airline accept major raises. Howard Dykes recaps it all. Howard. Mark, the Pacific Maritime Association recently expressed optimism about reaching agreement with its longshore workers on the West Coast and in Hawaii, but that hasn't happened, and a strike authorization vote now looms. A strike authorization doesn't necessarily mean a strike. The ILWU usually settles on the West Coast first and then applies the same terms here in the islands. Delta Airlines pilots today overwhelmingly approved a new four-year contract with 34% raises over four years. The terms are almost identical to the recent settlement at Hawaiian Airlines, and both contracts take effect tomorrow. The Scheidler Group has sold Davies Pacific Center to the Avalon Group. Avalon plans a massive condo conversion. It'll keep retail and office space on the first five floors and put condos on all the floors above, more than 400 units. Mark, back to you. Mahalo, Nui More news ahead, but first a look at the stories we're working on for the next half hour. As this year's legislative session reaches the halfway point, significant decisions are being made at the Capitol, and one has a group staging a sit-in. Daryl Hall joins us live with the details. Plus, Honolulu police are investigating after a stabbing at Keahi Lagoon left a man in critical condition. And a potential solution for Red Hill families taxed on reimbursements during the tainted water crisis. That's on the way at 4.30. As we head to break, a reminder, sunrise is now on the weekends. Get your morning news on K5 and streaming on all of our digital platforms from 7 to 9 a.m. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Doctors of Waikiki, Hawaii's best urgent care. Your local Hawaii Nissan dealers. And HMAA, we're passionate about your health. Pizza. Pizza? Pizza. Hungry for some pizza now? Yeah, that's what we thought. Get yours at Domino's Hawaii. We deliver aloha. 